Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia. This is my mother, Ima. Hey, Ima. Hello, my sweetness. Yes, and the, I'm already for this loaded topic. Yes, I'm glad I gave you enough time to think about it. This week's topic starts off with advice you gave people that actually was bad advice. I plead the fifth. Okay, I'll start. One <laughs> um, of the advice... and. I, I well, this one's a little, little. Okay, I know you're bar mitzvah. Yes, you're bar mitzvah. I'm sorry about that. That I don't care about that. Um, I'll fill in the audience. What happened was your father wanted the bar mitzvah at four o'clock. I said no, that's too early. Let's make it for. I think I made it with five or six at five o'clock, and then it turned out this was really the school's fault. They they uh, turned out to be the same time as another boy in your class. So a lot of your friends just came very quickly and then had to leave very quickly. And the, the school really should have um, coordinated things. Like they, they, by the way, they cleaned up their act later on. They did later uh, after. I think they get they probably got so many complaints that um, after after you were bar mitzvah, from then on they would coordinate the bar mitzvahs uh, to make sure that nobody was scheduled at the same day. Yeah. So you kind of brushed over some of the details. It wasn't the time. It was literally the date. There were three other bar mitzvahs at the same time on the same date uh, that were happening uh, in the same class. And everybody just was able to have me 10, 15 minutes each, really, at each bar mitzvah. Um, and I couldn't even stay for my whole bar mitzvah because when it came close to the end, I had to leave because I was going to another friend of mine's um, bar mitzvah. Um it's funny because we joked around about it afterwards, how it was ridiculous it was. The only thing that 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 upset me was just more of like, you know, you want your friends to be there and no one was around. And when it came to giving the mitzvah speech and I was hoping that I'd give it and people would listen, all I saw was a bunch of old faces and like no one in my class was there. So I was giving a speech to people I had no idea who they were. Um, I think my rabbi was only able to stay for a hot minute and then leave because he was the rabbi of all the other kids as well. So mm. no one was really there to get to listen to my bar mitzvah speech. Um, that was the only thing that I felt that was just uh, upsetting. Um, but whatever, it is what it is. Life goes on. It's so many years ago, you know. Um, but I was talking about another piece of advice you gave me growing up. I think it's, it's kind of weird because... Um, I'm kind of experiencing it now seeing children like with, you know, my nephew and a few other people that I, 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 I watch ever so often when another kid makes fun of you, you told me as a kid to just ignore them. And it's a kind of interesting piece of advice because if you ignore them, you're right. It takes away their power. You just, and as an adult, it's very easy. It's very easy. Like I'm online or I'm dealing with somebody, you know, you know, face to face and someone says something stupid or obnoxious or annoying. I just ignore it. I don't have to respond. I don't have to give them anything. But as a kid, it's kind of difficult because there's this weird like animalistic pecking order that you have to like get involved in. So I don't know. That, 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 that's just, you know, a small one. The, the reason that... um. You know, this topic of bullying, this is, you know, uh, a major topic among a lot of people, especially now. And because um, a lot of schools, you have a whole movement now where they really, people have had it and they're really trying to address the problem. 
years ago, like one of the talk show hosts said something. He said when he was growing up, the way he handled bullies is <laughs> to beat the living daylights out of them. And I hate to say it, but that is the only thing. I've seen situations where I hate to say it, but that's the only thing that will stop a bully is really just pounding the living daylights out of him and saying, you do, the, you do, you, you've tried to bully me again, man, you're going to be dead next time. It's just a sample what you're going to get. You know, the problem is though, that in schools that even if you've got a kid that's making your life miserable and is bullying you and really pushing you around ever, if you use your fist, unfortunately, you're the one that gets disciplined, not the bully. You're the one that gets disciplined. You're the one that gets uh, suspended, you know? And I just, you know, and I knew that as a reality. And unfortunately, I, you know, I, I didn't, I want my kids to, to succeed in school. I, you know, I want you to succeed. I want you to be in school. I want you to get the learning. And I didn't want to see you suspended in any way or having to face disciplinary uh, proceedings. And, um, that's why I told you, you know, as long as you don't use, as long as you ignore them, use your fist, whatever, you know, don't use your fist, don't, you know, get violent because that's the consequence that's going to happen. You're going to be the one that's going to be disciplined, not the kid that was bullying you. And a lot of parents have, um, have spoken out about this and said the same thing. Like, look, this, these kids can make my life, my kids like totally miserable and constantly be, you know, putting them down and coming after them and, yada, yada, and, you know, we address, we, we go to the school, we complain, we go to the teacher, and nothing is done. And finally, when my kid can't take it anymore, beats up this kid, who gets punished? Not the bully, my kid. Well, it's, it's funny you said that, because I was having, I was having disciplinary issues with some, situ- some cases with Yona at his kid, Ooh. where... What happened was 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 Yona Yona was having these problems with these kids in shul, where kids were making fun of him, putting him down, calling him names. At one point, um, a group of kids were calling, telling him that he wasn't Jewish because he was touching a bike, and a bike is muksar and Shabbos. You can't touch it, and therefore you're not Jewish. And he comes up to me and he's like, these kids are making fun of me. These kids are putting me down. Please, can you help me? And like, his father isn't really there in shoal. You know, he's doing other stuff. So I'm really his own thing. So what kind of happened was like, I went ahead and I spoke with the, the kids. I tried to get their names. They weren't like not going to tell me their names. And I told one of the kids that he was a coward for going ahead and, you know, for doing that, for calling my nephew a non-Jew for, um, you know, for, for touching a bike. And I, (laughs) this was like two weeks ago. The kid went off fine. End of story. Rosh Hashanah time comes along. I go ahead and like I'm sitting there listening to Chazanas and Shul. It's coming to the end of the day. I'm exhausted. So I step outside and I went ahead to go ahead and, and take a break. And as I'm taking a break, someone asked me like, oh, are, are you Sadia? I'm like, yes. 
And it's this woman who just starts berating me and yelling at me and screaming at me for telling her, or telling her kid that she's, he's a coward for what he did to Yona. And I asked him, like, what do you want me to do? She's like, go get his father. I'm like, well, I can't get that information from him. How can I get his father? As an adult trying to deal with all these things, and this is a very common issue with, you know, people in, in, in my synagogue, at least, where it's like you have these kids running around, running amok, and, like, the parents can't even, like, be in charge of the kids because each kid has a parent that you have to go ahead and find, that you have to go ahead and bring out. That da -da 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 -da. There's just... It's nowadays, it's nearly impossible. I remember being in shul, being a, and being a kid, and having plenty of parents discipline me. It wasn't just Tati. It was plenty of other parents. So I, I, I find this just ridiculous, but that's just the way it is. I, I, I'm very curious to see where parenting is going to go. You know, I was speaking to Pesci, and she was saying that, like, oh, um, you know, they do play dates nowadays. You don't go, you don't run off to your friend's house. You have to set up a whole appointment. And I just find that ridiculous. Um, you know, I just don't find it, you know, that, like, why can't you just go to the person's house and just hang out with them and play games and whatnot? Why do you need, like, a an appointment from two to three? We'll be available. I don't know. Um, I, I, I just, I just find it a little insipid yeah, it's it's interesting how like you were talking about parents not being there to discipline their kids um when i was growing up um not in baltimore city that was when i was younger and we had a lot of kids in our neighborhood that all played together but moving out to the county to the suburbs i found that there was a certain say it the kids out in the suburbs um, were, were nastier. And these teenage kids would hang around in the corner and they had their little cliques. And if you walked by them and you weren't a member of their clique, you got called names, you got teased, you know, pushed, shoved, yelled at, just, you know, uh, really bullied if you were not part of that particular clique that was hanging in the corner. It got so bad that the parents decided to have a meeting with, I think it was a psychologist or something that those, you know, cause some of the parents were really upset that their kids were being um, so bullied like this by these clicky kids that were hanging out in the corner. This is during the summertime when all the yeah. kids were out and there was no school in the evening hours. So the parents of the kids that were basically the bullies, they started to yell and nothing's wrong with my kid. And why are we having this meeting and yada, yada, yada. And the psychologist is trying to explain stuff to them and tell them, listen, you got to take a firmer, you got to talk to your kids, got to take a firmer hand. You got to watch your kids more, talk to them, you know, make sure, you know, how important it is not to bully other kids. Uh, you know what you're talking about? Nothing's wrong with my kid yet. Finally, the psychologist, my mother said, came back from the meeting. She said, the psychologist got so frustrated, he just yelled at the parents, this is why your kids are acting like this because look at you. Yeah, that's, again, that's the other point. Like we dealt with this really bratty kid. Sure enough, his mother was a bratty person. You know. Uh, but back to crappy advice that you gave. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think more bad advice you 
gave. So you can't come up with anything. No, I just repressed Can it or you? got over it. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Trying to think of anything. Um, oh, the one thing, by the way, interesting thing that I did though was what? there was this one particular ringleader in the neighborhood that was really, really making my life miserable. I was yeah. 13 and I, I was, very, you know, you know me, I've always been very gutsy. Do yeah. you believe I went to her house and I spoke to her mother? I was only 13 years old. I remember seeing them with me. I said to her mother, excuse me, you know, Mrs. Such and Such, may I sit and talk to you a minute? She goes, sure. And the mother was very nice. She sat down in the living room with me and I told her exactly what her daughter was doing to me and how it made me feel and how I can't even walk around the neighbor without her daughter and her friends, you know, bullying me around and calling me names. And could she please talk to her about it? And the mother was really nice. The mother said, certainly. She says, you know, she, she was, she didn't, she didn't, she was not negative with me. She was very positive, very agreeable. I said, yes, and she would talk to her daughter about it. And things did get better after that. Interestingly enough, you know, as I'm getting older, I do come across people that I grew up with. And a lot of these kids that bullied me, that teased me, you would never know as adults that these were the same people. Because as adults, they are they are the nicest people I've met. I'm not kidding. It's hysterical. I've even, I even became very good friends with one of them. As an oh, adult. really? Yeah. And um, except for one, there was only one girl out of the whole group that I've met who, as an adult, was like a very miserable, depressed individual. She never married, no marriage, no kids, no nothing, and just had a very sad, depressing attitude. Um, but she was I, the only one of the whole group that I've met that, you know, somehow could not, like I say, could not, um, you know, mature and go beyond. Which is mm. maybe why she was such a bully. I'm trying to, I'm still stuck on some advice, you, bad advice you gave me. See, I have, like I said, like I said, you can't, you can't think of anything. See, well, see, I see, have, see. I have a few, <laughs> I have a few, but I don't want it to come and bite me in, in the butt in a way. It's like, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a terrible advice. I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculous. But yes, I guess yes. I, I, I understand why parents give that advice. You know, it's like a lot of times parents give very generic advice where it's like, they won't take it. But like they'll say it because it's something that's right to say. Well, I do remember a couple of cases of bad advice that I gave my kids. I thought it was good advice at the time. What happened was um, your younger sister, one of your younger sisters, had a friend in school. And she and this friend got into some horrible, miserable fight. And she felt badly about it. And she kept trying to apologize. And the kid wouldn't, ap wouldn't accept her apology. So I had an idea that she go to um, like the Goodwill store, buy some sort of really cute, adorable little stuffed animal or something, a little present, and put a note on it, please forgive me, accept this present as a token of my sincere apologies, please forgive me, and put it in her locker. Yeah. I couldn't believe that the girl, the next day, just took the toy in front of everybody and just threw it back at her and told her, no, I'm still not forgiving you. And the other girls in the class ran over, they go, it was such a cute little animal. It was like this little, it was a little, bear it was a little mommy bear and a baby bear that were dressed in these cute little prairie dresses yeah it was so cute and girls were running over and begging your sister oh can i have it can i have it can i have it it's so cute can i have it they couldn't even the other girls couldn't believe that this girl just rejected this gift and you know wouldn't forgive your sister and i 
so I said, I, I apologize to you. I said, I'm so sorry. I, I really thought this was good advice and this would really patch things between you. But okay, it looks like I was wrong. Sorry. You know. So I guess to, to switch it up then, what advice have you given us as kids that you would never take? <laughs> I would not take. Oh my gosh. I, I, I can't think of uh, the only thing I could bad advice I can think that I gave you. <laughs> um, uh, your, your ex, your ex. I mean, I, I don't know if I ever gave you advice. Oh yeah. I was the one that started the ball rolling when I told you that I wanted you to walk her home that night because I didn't want her walking home alone. And you oh. wound up marrying her and, it, and the whole thing was disastrous. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. But, I'm thinking, about but I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of advice that like it didn't like even at that time when you gave the advice, you really weren't really giving something you would take. Gosh, I can't. I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't. There's one. Well, there's one type of advice. One time that um, one of your older sisters uh felt very badly about um this uh, uh this this boy that she liked, and um he had he went out of town, and she missed him and everything. So I suggested she she said like he this kid this guy had like how can I say it he had like um like kind of like an, a slight overbite. He looked okay. like a, he actually looked like a rodent. So I suggested she get a, a pet gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I suggested she get a pet gerbil that reminded her of him. And so she got this little, he had sandy hair. So she got the sandy colored pet gerbil. And um, unfortunately, the thing died. <laughs> Just like their relationship. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, as a matter of fact. No. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm trying to think. What about any bad advice your friends gave you? Hmm. Bad advice my friends gave me. Da 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 da. Computer processing, please wait. Ah, bad advice my friends gave. Um, they told me to stop. They told me that I should start obeying my parents more and listening to them, which I thought was lousy advice. Because, hey, man, I, said, you know, I wasn't about to listen to my parents. It, sti it stifled my style. Mm, that's not good enough. I was, I, was the, I was the type of kid who, when I had friends who, like, you know, were, um, couldn't go someplace because their mothers wouldn't let them or the fathers wouldn't let them or the parents wouldn't give them permission, I would say to them, you're actually obeying your parents? Are you nuts? Yeah. I don't know. That's not that's not good enough. I, I need something like, oh, you should do this. And then you just do it and it went terribly wrong. You should do this. What should I do? I'm trying to think. I cannot think of anything. I'm, I'm one of these. I guess I'm one of these people. Uh, how can I say it? Uh, more of an independent free spirit, you might say. So people gave you advice oh, yeah, and you never I, took it. Yeah, I, oh, I got a piece of very bad advice that I took. And boy, do I regret it. What was it? I was doing a program on Taras Mishpacha. Yeah. Oh, did I feel badly about this one? And one, and I was meeting with a group of women. We were trying to come up with a catchy title for the Taras Mishpacha program. And this woman came up with an idea of, is sex dead in the Jewish community? Okay. And we thought it was so catchy 
we decided to do it. And boy, did it backfire. How bad? Very bad. Uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe at a Fabringen said that every that if we that for the Taras Mishpacha programs, please keep the titles cineastic. <laughs> you got the Rebbe to say something. Oh my gosh! Not just to say something, but um, next um, time I went to Crown Heights and was standing there in the show, the Rebbe came by me and gave me such a look that I wished the four would have opened oh up and swallowed God. me. This he is- gave me a look like, lady, you are in deep doo <laughs> This is worse than Tati eating the Lekach cake before Yom Kippur. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez Louise. I guess our family's just naturally born to do this. We don't even try to. Because <laughs> I was thinking about like what I got. Because what happened was when that lady yelled at me, it threw me off because like I was having such a good Rosh Hashanah. And she uh-huh. just wailed on me and like was screaming at me the whole freaking time. I was just so annoyed that like like this was rushed on a day one. Like, uh-huh. It destroyed me until like after the day like the day after Rosh Hashanah. I was just still so like annoyed and livid. So maybe that took care of any pain you were supposed to get for the rest of the year. Hopefully, who knows? <laughs> uh, at least I was able to go ahead and say uh, the same film <laughs> uh, seven times plus ninety pesukim. <laughs> so I, I I take pride in that. Wow, I can't believe wow, geez Louise, you did not you never said that before. You've never mentioned that. Wow, good thing I was digging. Good thing I was digging. Geez Louise. Oh my gosh. Um, but in general though, did did you took the class, right? You had the class or we had the presentation, but it was snowing that night. Very few people showed up. Yeah. And um uh, somebody who came uh also voiced that ob- objection to that particular title and the and they he wanted to know um who was she a woman this woman wanted to know who was the person who thought of it and the woman who thought of it was in the audience and she raised her hand and stood up and said listen I she took responsibility for it because I was the one that came up with that title I mean we just thought it was such a catchy title and would really you know wow like get everybody's attention and you know our t- how can I say um our intentions were good but it was not the way to go. Well, I'll be honest with you. I mm-hmm. I go I go on these like Reddit posts or I'm reading on these like Instagram posts, various like um webs like websites that are trying to have catchy titles for their articles, and some of them are like you know like kind of frustrating. One of them just recently, two of them actually. One of them was about um this person was like, oh, I'm a convert to Judaism, but I'm also an atheist, and the whole article was explaining their journey, and I'm like, shut up, you can't have one without the other. The whole point of conversion is you have to accept that there's only one God in this world. If you don't accept that, then you're not a convert. You didn't do anything. You know? An- another an- another article is talking about mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, you know, tattoos are taboo. Maybe like this concept of embedding jewelry into your arm is okay. Like it, it was just, it was just tr- being catchy for the sake of being catchy to get clicks to make a stir up, to get people to start talking about it. And it's the problem is nowadays people are realizing it's a lot easier to get people upset than to make them happy. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, like um, I remember uh, my our pediatrician one time, we were talking about um, news items being very, very depressing. And he said to me, let's face it, he says they don't make money by saying everything is okay yeah it's up there's this with with this um i was listening to an interview 
with somebody who had been a reporter for you know one of the big news uh, news you know the magazines or um, it might have been a magazine or a newspaper, and he said that when he would object sometimes to so to them embellishing so much negativity, the editor said to him, "If it bleeds, it reads." Yep. Mm. Yep. So, um, what's interesting about, like, you know, like, say the news media in, in general, um, how um, I remember years ago during one of the Israeli Arab conflicts when the um, when they were starting to like give back land and they were, you know, the Arabs were demanding more land and more territory and yada yada. And the news media um, was showing all, all these pictures, uh, putting the Jews in a really bad light. As usual. And, but the, the pictures were really strange. I mean, you could tell, one picture you could tell looked very doctored. It was, um, you see these women in a marketplace and some are Arabs, so, you know, it's, it's like a, just a group of women in the Middle East, the marketplace. And there's a man standing in front of him who looks like he's waving a whip or something or a billy club. And it says, Israeli police terrorize Arab women in marketplace. And the way the picture looked, like I said, it looked Photoshop. It really did. And then there was another picture in one of the magazines showing these two men standing next to each other talking. And the caption of the picture read, Israeli soldier tortures Arab prisoner. And it didn't look like anybody was being, being tortured. It looked like just two men in, in blue jeans and, and sweatshirts standing there talking to each other. Like nobody was putting their hands on anyone. They were just standing there talking. Then a friend of mine in Israel told me she once saw there was a bombed out, it was an Israeli Jeep that had been, uh, that had hit a, um, what's that called? One of those bombs that they place. And soldiers were killed, everything, you know, and it Landmine? was the Jeep that it was, um, no, it was, what's that called? One of the, I, this ID something, it's a certain initials that they use for it. Um, ID? Is that it? I think, and, I don't um, know. So they, um, this, she sees this man with a camera going past this Jeep, this bombed out Jeep. And he says to a group of Arab kids, hey, you want to be in a picture? And of course, these little kids, yeah, he goes, okay, get into the Jeep. I'll take your picture. So they got into the Jeep. He took their picture, takes her picture. And she said two days later, and I'm all, I think this must, this must have been the New York Times magazine. Of course. And she sees the picture and the caption reads, Arab children look at bombed out wreck of family car. Yeah. I, there, what, to put a modern twist on it. Uh, unfortunately, there was this seven-year-old Palestinian boy who, like, randomly died, and they're not sure what happened. So they're trying to figure out what it was, but no one knows. But all these news articles are now doing this whole thing where the title goes, uh, U.S. demands Israel probe on seven-year-old death of seven-year-old Palestinian boy. And like it, it could be one thing or another, but the way they charge it, the way they set it up is it's just typical propaganda focus trying to make everything look bad. And it's, 
I don't know. I I, I get annoyed by it. I'm trying to shrug it off yeah. and not care, but whatever. Oh no, I know it. It is upsetting. It's very very upsetting when you know <laughs> anybody from any ethnic group feels that way when the media is trying to portray their ethnic group as some sort of like in some sort of negative mode. It's it's more. It's it's also like um. There was an article that came out a while ago where they asked Daniel Craig. Uh, he's the actor that plays James Bond. So he's no longer playing James Bond. And he oh. never liked playing James Bond. He got it. He didn't want it. He signed up for like five films, I think. And he did the five films. And now he's done. Oh. So an interviewer asked him, would you want a woman to play James Bond? And he said he she should probably choose a better role. Because he was just so done with it. And the mm-hmm. whole media did this whole thing of Daniel Craig doesn't want a woman to play James Bond. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that was the way that I'm sure they love swinging it that way. So they, it's just, oh, pe- I think people are slowly realizing that it is just ridiculous. It's just totally like, it, it, it's getting to, a, I, can't, I think it's getting to a boiler point. And the reason why it hasn't been like that before is because we weren't given it 24 7 so much you know you might have like news sources or newspapers but now we have it on our phone 24 7 getting the news and like they're just trying to get you to click on an article so they're going to have a really nasty you know headline here and there just to get you to click and that's why for me whenever Mm -hmm. i see like a headline that looks like it's really nasty I ignore mm-hmm. it. I don't look at it. I go ahead and find something else or find another way to figure out what happened and not go out of my way to, and I go out of my way not to click on the article. Yeah, I've noticed that when a lot of, I've seen that lately, where a lot of articles that are on YouTube, um, like, um, oh, um, I can say it, uh, you know, something, like something really flashy, like, um, this will be, like, this was the last time this man was seen alive, yada, yada. And then you go and you click it on and you watch the video. And it is so unlike what the title was. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that too. By the way, in some of these advertisements now, like, like um, five foods. If you have arthritis that you should keep away from. So, okay, you know, I've got arthritis. I click it on and it's like, Hello, I am Dr. Such and Such, and let me tell you about five foods that you should definitely keep away from if you have arthritis. But first, let me tell you about myself. First, let me tell you about my organization. First, let me tell you about my practice. First, let me tell you about your body. First, let me, first, let me, and I'm thinking, damn it, man, just tell me what are the five foods and stop this already. You know, get to it already. And they're going in for 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh, yes. And now the five foods. But I have, I have now um, this nutritious pill that I have produced that is from residue or from, you know, uh, like whatever, you know, ingredients that you take this and it will help you with your inflammation against these five foods. And you just, if you buy it now, you get to have a bottle for free. And I go, thanks. So I was okay, bye. You know, now I'm getting to the point where I see these articles. Oh, two foods you could keep away. You should keep away from two foods that will kill you with high cholesterol. I just, I just ignore it now. I don't even bother listening to it. Yeah, that, and that's and that's the thing. People are slowly, quickly. See, some people are slowly learning it, and the younger people are quickly learning it. 
You know, I think the younger crowd is figuring out what's real and what's not, what's fake. Like, um, I used to like watching these satisfaction videos of people cleaning. And I thought it was so cool that they had these, like, you know, <coughs> like a, a dirty carpet, a dirty rug that gets, like, cleaned very well. Uh -huh. But then I can see some videos where it's, like, they purposely made that extremely dirty to clean it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I liked watching this restoration um, video set. Uh, this guy just uh -huh. restoring random objects um, that he would get, and then I noticed that like it was only rusty around certain areas. And I started <laughs> scrolling down, and people are like, he actually dips it in this chemical that rusts everything, so it looks like it's all old, but it really is brand new. And then he just brushes off the rust. So like a lot of these, like people are just figuring out more and more. It's like. There's fake stuff all the time that gets all these hits, but you know what? People are coming to their senses and realizing, no, that that's all fake. That's ridiculous. That's not real. Well, in my generation, when I was growing up, and in my parents' generation, and my grandparents' generation, before before big media started, there was a saying: "You can't believe everything you read in the newspapers." And I remember there was a series on television called "The Real McCoys." about this farm family in California. Yeah. And his grand grand, you know, grandpappy Amos and the girls and the boys of the family. No, just, you know, of course. Uh Yul Brenner and uh, not Yul Brenner. Um uh, I forgot the guy's name. Um Walter Brenner was the guy's name. He played Grandpappy Amos. Mm -hmm. And um there was one episode where they wanted I forgot what the whole thing was about. But this, the man that was in charge of the local newspaper wanted to really publicize uh, this type of controversy that was happening with this with the McCoys, with the, this particular family. Yeah. And so he had them all set up, like Grandpappy Amos was in jail for, he had done something and they, they put him in jail for a couple of days, you know, just to teach him a lesson. So he says, here's what I want you to do. He says, Grandpappy Amos, I want you to sit with your head in your hands behind those bars. He says, and he talks, he, he turns to his daughter-in-law and son, and he says, now I want you to, he says, he says to the wife, he says, I want you to put your head against your husband and put your arms around and pretend like you're crying. And he says to the son, I want to the adult son, I want you to pretend like you're, you know, like you're comforting, comforting your wife. And he turns to the grandson, he says, I want you to go over to the jail cell and put your arms out to your grandfather like you want him to come out. And he took the picture and he ran it in the newspaper and he blew, he blew up this whole story that was way, way out of line with what's really happened. And so finally, when it came, the the um, I think they had some sort of meeting, so it was a big public meeting, and Grandpappy Amos brings the newspaper and he decides to put this newspaper man in his place. And he says, this is an example of how you can't believe everything you read in the newspapers. And then he told the entire community the truth of what really happened in this particular situation. And yeah. so now the same thing can be applied to our you know, present day media, YouTube, you know, you name it, television, radio. Can't believe everything you hear on a TV or radio or YouTube. No, it's, it, but you have to use common sense and you have to do your own research. Um, it's just like, it's just like anything, you know, you have idiots nowadays with like QAnon and whatnot talking about like the, that the president, it, it, I think the, there was this whole idea in Canada. There's this QAnon part in Canada that they were saying the 
um, that the whole paying for water and electricity is a scam and not pay for it because you're going to get it automatically. And like people stopped paying for their water and electricity. And then, no. <laughs> then they ran out of water and electricity. It's and like you just have idiots. Idi there is a sucker born every minute. There's an idiot like every two seconds. And that's just the way the world works. But did you remember uh, a few years ago this thing about taking a if you take aluminum foil and put it in the microwave and turn it on, it's gonna it's supposed to turn into silver or something. And there were people that did it and short circuited their their your microwaves. Jeez Louise. Like I think <laughs> I think there was also oh shoot, you were talking about microwaves and short there was something I forgot. Oh shoot, I ran I ran, I, ran, I lost track. Um but yeah, no, there's just plenty of stuff that's just that's just stupid over time. Um, oh, sorry, I just remembered one thing. It was the idea of like, if we had all the information in the world, then clearly there'll be less stupid people and then we're proven wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh uh, boy. So I remember the, the first time the very first time that we used a microwave in our lives. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't think you were. I don't think you were born then. No. It was like the mid nineteen. It had been, no. You were. You were not. It was the mid nineteen eighties. A friend of ours. We. I wasn't about to spend money on a microwave. So a friend of ours gave us a, her old microwave because she got a new one, and we didn't know how to use it, and we decided to microwave potato latkes. Oh my gosh. What can I say? The result. We took out the potato latkes. They were some of them were black, even those that weren't black. They were, they were they were as hard as they were. They turned to plastic. Oh my and we're gosh! Looking at them, and we start banging on the table with them. We go, oh well. <laughs> we didn't know with the microwave, especially when you're like we've got something with like potato latkes, whatever. It's only like one or two minutes. We thought it was okay, five, ten minutes. We, you know, we didn't have, it was like regular cooking. We didn't know any better. <laughs> That's always interesting. Like, like the, the first experience, maybe we'll talk about that the next uh, podcast because we're really running out of time. We only got a minute left. Okay. But the, uh, the first experience of a new invention, you know, we could talk about that a little bit. Oh because like we're, I remember when we first mm -hmm. got the internet, you know, and I also uh -huh. like I'd be curious to know like what did you notice when I know we first got the computer, I was young, but like what was your experience when they just started integrating it into day-to-day -day life, you know, for you? But um that's mm -hmm. all the time we have. Duh. <laughs> I, I love you. Have that a wonderful a, that, Shabbos. That that's gonna that program is gonna be hysterical. My my first experiences with the computer. That's gonna be hysterical. <laughs> For sure. Okay, have a good job, Starling. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I know you would like it, and my mother would too. <laughs>